John chapter 4. Let's read verses 43 through 54. We were going to read a lot more, but we're not. We're going to stick to this this morning. There's too much to get in the time. Now after two days, he departed thence and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. Then when he was come into Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast, for they also went unto the feast. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. This is where he, where he, made, where he did his first miracle. He turned the water into wine at the wedding. Jesus left as we talked about before, he left Samaria. He, he left. Uh, he came through Samaria and he went to Galilee, which was where he was from. Lazarus, uh, Nazareth is in Galilee, so is Cana. The Galileans received him because they had also went to the feast and they saw what he did down there. They knew him, but when they saw him in another environment, in another place, it was different than seeing him in their own place. I'm not tooting my horn. I'm not preaching this for my benefit this morning. This is just where we're at in the Bible. And, uh, but this is the truth that we just got to face. And we need to get hammered over the head with it from time to time. Because it's so important, so vital. It says, For Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. Well, we know that's a fact, don't we? Well, do we know it's a fact in our own life? Jesus said this himself. He was not repeating an old saying of the people, but he was declaring something that is always true. Always true. He went to Galilee knowing that he would not be respected, that the people there would only use him and expect signs and wonders from him. They would take whatever he would give them and they would benefit from him whatever way they could, but they wasn't going to respect him because he's just Joseph's son. We know him. We know his brothers and sisters. He ain't nobody special. Not to us. Them people down there may think he's something, but not us. That was their attitude. And Jesus went there knowing that. Now think about that in just a second. If... if if it hadn't have been Jesus, if it had just been some other man, what do you think that other man would have said? <laughs> He'd have said, I ain't going back down. I don't need that. I don't deserve that. If they're going to treat me like that, let them perish. Not Jesus. He went down there anyway. In spite of their low esteem, in spite of their disrespect, in spite of their irreverence toward him, he went anyway. Because there just happened to be some business that needed taken care of there. In spite of the ones who felt that way, there were still some people there that needed help from God. And so let them spit, let them curse, let them treat me like dirt. Who cares? I don't care as long as he could help somebody. Now that's the Lord. And that's wonderful that he's that way. And we need to be more like him in that way. Compare this to how, you know, no prophet without honor in his own country. Compare this to how world, how the world honors those home folks who make it big in the world. Every little podunk town in this country, if they've got some country singer or some ball player that identified, that passed through, that was 
had some folks there, kin folks there, they grab onto that as their uh, claim to fame is so-and-so was born here, so-and-so ate here, so-and-so lived here. And they can be as immoral and ungodly as they can be, but they still honor them because they were from here. Boy, it ain't that way with the prophet, though. Not that way. Celebrities, singers, those who get wealthy, politicians, or anyone of fame of the world. I remember going in across the Arkansas line when Bill Clinton was president. <laughs> Welcome to the home of Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton. Somebody took a shotgun and <laughs> shot them. <laughs> they were from Missouri, not Arkansas, probably. <laughs> but they were proud to claim that. Boy, what an upside-down mess the world is. Yes, that which the world, men highly esteem, is an abomination in the sight of God. Yes, and that's the way it is. That's the way it always has been. That's the way it always is going to be until this whole thing is burned to ashes. Right. And men are separated. The evil from the good, from the... The, those who love God from those who don't forever. It's going to be that way. How many have, they're a source of pride for the town, the country, the state they grow up in or grew up in or were born in. Any kind of way they can identify with some worldly, successful, popular person. They do it with pride and admiration. And it's not this way with someone who stands for God and tells people the truth about everything. People thought Jesus was wonderful as long as He was pleasing to them. As long as He gave without asking for anything in return. As long as He did what was pleasant to their body, their belly, and their mind, He was okay. But let Him cross them one time by just telling them the truth. And He's their enemy. And that's the way it always is. It's the way it always is with every... You can call them prophets. I don't care what you want to call them. God still got His men who preach the Word and tell the truth and they are not the popular ones. He's expected to work miracles to convince them that God is with him and no miracles ever enough to convince them. They had done been down there and seen what he had done at the feast. They done. They had. They knew about him, and they knew that things were different, and he was different. And it, but it didn't make any difference. It didn't matter how many miracles. Miracles have never convinced anybody to trust God, to to die to themselves, to give their life to God. They just want more miracles. That's why he said here, "Except you see signs and wonders, you'll not believe." That's what he said to the noble man that came up. Yes, <laughs> They'll not trust what he says is coming from God to them. They don't see it that way. Are you listening to me this morning? Yes, I hope you'll listen. I'm on a hurry. They, they do not trust and believe that what he is saying is coming from God to them. They think it's just him. They think he knows... Somebody so-and-so told him what I've been doing, what I've been saying, 
Everybody comes to church and they think the word's been spread around so everybody knows and that's how people think about church. That carnal, that ungodly, that earthly. They don't have any concept that what is being preached is from God to them. There's something in there from God to you. No matter who is preaching it. And the, and the reason they won't believe that it's coming from God to them is because they've known Him too long. So like I said a while ago, they said, this is Jesus. Ain't this Joseph's son? We know Him. We know His brothers and sisters. Are they not all here? He gives their names and everything. Why should we listen to Him? We've known Him forever. Familiarity breeds contempt. You ever heard that word? That saying? That little phrase? It's the same thing as what we're talking about here. It's the same concept as what we're talking about here. And that's why most people won't stay in a church for two or three, more than two or three years. If that long. Because they get there long enough to figure out, you know, they've heard all of, all of his, he's got to say. So they move on. They've got to move on because there ain't nothing here. That's the same reason that preachers move every two or three years from churches to another church. They used to make a joke about it, how they kept you all in business. Yes. Because every two or three years, they've got to pack up and move. They come to church and they figure out that the people do that. They discover that the people there are just regular human beings with all the problems that come with living in this sinful world. We were talking about church jumpers here before church this morning, but that's exactly what they are. They're looking for paradise here on earth. They're looking for something that'll just fit them exactly. I mean exactly. They ain't no room for nothing. They're just like somebody that's so particular with their clothes that they won't wear anything unless it is just, I mean exactly, like they want it to be. I see these old pictures of people like that. Uh, you know, from back in the 30s and back, but man, people were so hard up and poor and wearing rags and raising children in the dirt. Yes. Then I think about how people are now and it just makes me sick yes, at my stomach yes, at the pride and the, and the indulgence that everybody does nowadays. They won't have anything but the best. They will not allow any kind of discomfort, suffering, unpleasantness in nothing in their life. And so when they come to church, it's going to be exactly the same way. Just ain't going to put up with it. That's why most preachers only stay two or three years at church. People get familiar with him and he with the people and they quit listening. That's the point this morning. They quit listening. And probably the hardest thing about being a pastor or a preacher is the fact that people will not listen. That's the hardest thing. They will not listen or heed the counsel and the instruction that God has worked into His soul for them by crushing His life over and over. Where do you think it comes from? Do you think that He just gets it out of books and stuff? No, not that kind of preaching. Nope, nope. It came at high cost. And it's just picked through like it's poison or trash or dirty or something. Did you ever, you know, did you ever think about it? It's like somebody, like you cooks this high dollar steak for somebody and make sure that it's just perfect. And then they pick and pick and, and then throw it away. 
just take a nibble or two and throw it away. After all your investment and all of your tribulation and work to get it for them. That's what they did. That's what it's like. That's what it's like. Spit it out. Won't even listen. Just turn it off. Sit in church. Play with your phone. Look at your knees. Sleep. Or sit and look straight at me with both eyes open and you ain't listening to a word I'm saying. I can tell. I've been at this long enough to tell. Yes, sir. <laughs> no, you're not fooling me. You ain't getting it. You ain't receiving. It's going out, but you're not receiving. And I know you're not receiving because I can tell. And I can also tell by the way it affects your life. It doesn't. Nothing changes. The warnings go unheeded. Nothing changes. They'll not listen. They get used to the voice and the personality and the words just fall on deaf ears. While at the same time they turn to worldly friends and worldly sources for their counsel and for their example. That's where you can find where things work because it don't work here. It won't work because you won't listen. You got to get your counsel from God. And it comes through here. This is what provokes you to think. I'm not the Pope and I don't, my authority doesn't override anything else. But this is the channel that God has ordained for us to receive the truth and to be provoked to think and be provoked to search ourselves through the Word of God. And I, no matter how bad a shape the churches are in the day we're living, that it is still the pillar and ground of the truth. And I could sit in a liberal church and get something from God. I believe I could if I had to, if there was no other choice. And I could sit there and God would speak to my heart. I have had to sit for a few years. And listen to stuff that was terrible. Yes, sir. But in hearing it, stirred my soul and provoked me and edified me in the truth because I knew that was wrong. And it made me more adamant to speak up against it and preach the Word like it needs to be preached. It didn't discourage me. It didn't water me down. It didn't make me want to join them and say, well, can't beat them, join them. Just give it up. Ain't no use. Ain't never going to have nobody. Ain't never going to have no success. As long as you stick to this, you got to give it up and join the crowd. Go with the mob. Not me. No, sir. So they get used to the voice and the personalities. They sit, they sit in church, even in the situation like we're in right now, where some of you are sitting 10 feet from me. All of you are sitting within, how long is this room here? 18 feet? And you can sit that close and not hear a word right. I'm saying. That's right. Yes, sir. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 30 through 33. Ezekiel 33. <laughs> 
Also, this is God speaking, also thou son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of the houses. And speak one to another, every one to his brother, saying, Come, I pray you, and hear what is the word that cometh forth from the Lord. And they come in unto thee as the people cometh. Doesn't that sound kind of funny the way that's worded? They're speaking against him, but they're trying to get people to come and listen to him. And they come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people. <laughs> and they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but, the, with, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. What, what does that involve? The world and the things of the world. Whatever it is that's in the world, that's, you want it. That's covetousness. Yes. That's what you're after. Mm -hmm. Big subject right there. And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear thy words, but they do not do them. Or they do them not. And when this cometh to pass... Parentheses, lo, it will come. Then shall they know that a prophet hath been among them. They didn't take him serious. Do you see that? They didn't take him serious at all. I've heard people down south say, you know, you ought to come and listen to our little preacher. He, he's just so good. He, you know, he tells jokes and he just keeps things so lively and it just, boy, it's just so much fun at our church. Our little preacher. They got that saying down there. Our little preacher. And most of them weigh 400 pounds. <laughs> Sorry. It's true. Is that offensive? Well, it's the truth. Would you listen to me if I weighed 400 pounds standing here this morning? I mean, how much weight would my words carry? I mean, already what I'm harping about and if I was like that, right. we had a preacher one time in the church. Not my, I mean, we were there, but this is what he had. He had a sore throat, so he had some herbal stuff in a cup, and he would rear up like that while he's preaching. You know, he'd take a break and he'd do like this, and he'd run all down his tie. Every time he did it, everybody in the church watched it run all down the front of his shirt and everything. I, you remember what he preached about that night? Nope. I don't either. Nope. Not a thing. That's why people won't listen too. But there's a difference. I've been in lots of services like that. <laughs> More than I want to even remember. But I've also been in services where God spoke. Yes, sir. And God's presence was felt. Yes, Amen. And the Word of God, like in the book of Acts, was with power. And things happened. Because people listened. The only thing most people hear is when it gets a little too pointed and precise and they feel like they're being singled out. I can't tell you how many times I've preached before and had somebody, even my own family, say, you know, he was preaching right at me. And I had no idea. 
You know, I've had one come and do that. And I didn't know when he, if he was coming, when he was coming, ever. I mean, he'd just pop in once in a while and man, he'd get the full load. And it, and it just happened to be, I didn't know nothing about it. I didn't know what he'd been doing. I didn't know what was going on. But the Lord did. Yes, sir. And that's the way this thing works. <laughs> what did you say this morning about the ver- the chapters and the preaching and what you hear? It's just appropriate for what's going on in your life and what's concerns, right? That's God working. Man, can't you understand that and how important it is? They go home and do what these people were doing and slice up everything that was said in front of their children and destroy their faith in God and in His church and His people and and fortify them against any man ever speaking the Word of God with authority to them again. You know what a heinous sin that's going to look like standing before God? Well, I went home and had the preacher for dinner. Yeah, we had preacher for dinner. Remember that old saying? That's what these people were doing. They were standing in the doors and against the walls and in the corners of talking about Him. Speaking against Him. Who sent Him? Was, it, was Ezekiel just on his own mission? Was he building a great ministry? Was he trying to build a, a kingdom or an empire? The Ezekiel ministries. Was that what it was? No. God sent Him. And said, you say this to my people. And they won't listen to you. And they're not going to do it. But you tell them anyway. Those people had no idea. You see? They had no idea. Ezekiel was one of them. So that just canceled him out. Jesus went there anyway. Knowing all this. And the fact. And in, and in fact, he went there because of this. Listen to the way it's worded. He went into Galilee for Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. That's the way it's worded there. There's a sentence break. But he went into Galilee for Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. He went there because of that. The reason he went to Galilee was because they wouldn't honor him. <laughs> I don't see preachers looking for churches like that. I know preachers that have been in a church for 35 years and making the same amount on their salaries they were 35 years ago. Heard about it lately. Shocked me. Well, salary, I ain't never. The only salary I ever drawed was for associate pastor over there for just a little while. And it was just like a little bit to... But I mean, a man that's been there for all those, for all of his life. And I wonder if everybody in the church is making the same amount as they made thirty-five years ago. No. They've got used to him. They take him for granted. And the Bible talks in Revelation three about how that's going to be. You know, he, I believe it's three. Maybe I'm wrong on the chapter. But in the first Revelation, the churches. He said, I'll remove the candlestick. The light. Well, 
He went into Galilee for Jesus himself testified that the prophet has no honor in his own country. It'll be an important piece of evidence when we stand before God in judgment that we refuse to heed the word of God because we knew the one who was preaching it too well and esteemed him to be their equal or even their inferior. It's going to be an important piece of evidence against you when you stand before God if you've done that. Can you imagine standing before God and God saying, I sin. You're like the rich man in hell. They have Moses and the prophets. You, in your lifetime, you received your good things. I mean, you heard. This man knew. But he did not heed and obey. And that's the way it's going to be for a lot of people when they face God. Jesus made sure. He went there because the prophet has no honor in his own country. It increased their guilt before God. God has always sent his prophets and messengers in spite of the fact that the people would not listen to or heed his word and his warnings and his pleadings. He said in one place that he sent them daily. Daily! God says, I sent my prophets to warn you and you would not listen. But you killed them, and you murdered them, and you stoned them, and you sawed them in half. And you buried them in a hole in the ground, and you put them in prison. And listened to your false prophets who petted you and blessed you in all of your wickedness. Jeremiah, chapter 7, verse 27. Therefore... Thou shalt speak all these words unto them, but they will not hearken to thee. Thou shalt also call unto them, but they will not answer thee. Now, how would you like a charge like that? Anybody want to volunteer for the job? Go tell them, they're not going to listen to you. Go tell them, but they're not going to answer you. They're going to ignore you. And the Bible says they, they turned their back on him and put their fingers in their ears and said, we'll not hearken to any of his words. What's the point? Well, there's a judgment coming. That's the point. They're not going to be able to face God and say, we didn't know. They knew. And they adamantly, rebelliously, hard-heartedly rejected the Word of God because they they thought it was coming from Him. They hated Jeremiah, but they hated God. See? And when Samuel was, Samuel was hurt because he'd given his life faithfully to the people of Israel. And, and he could stand before him on the last day and say, all right, I'm going to call you to account today. If there's anybody here that I've defrauded or wronged in any way, speak up now. <clears throat> How many spoke up? Nobody. And God said to Samuel, He said, Samuel, they're not, they've not rejected thee. They rejected me. Right there. Yes, sir. That's the hard part. Yeah. He thought. He felt it. He felt it like they rejected me. They don't want me. It is the best I could do 
with every day of my life from a child ain't good enough for them. They don't appreciate it. They don't respect it. They don't regard it. <clears throat> we want a king. We'll take him. Saul. That's just what we want. Who was a hateful, murderous guy. A, a tyrant. Yes, he was. A coward. Everything bad you can say, you can say it about Saul. Oh, he was a goodly person. And a lot of people think, you know, he's in heaven waiting on us. Show me Bible evidence. <clears throat> Ain't none. <clears throat> there's righteousness and there's evil. And you can tell the difference if you got a, if you got any light in you at all. They got what they had coming. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 4 through 9. He said unto me, Son of man, go. Get thee unto the house of Israel and speak with my words unto them. For thou art not sent to a people of a strange speech and an hard language, but to the house of Israel. Not to many people of a strange speech and of a hard language. He repeats that twice. Whose words thou canst not understand. Surely, had I sent thee to them, they would have hearkened unto thee. How you like that? <clears throat> Did y'all listen? He said, I'm sending you to the house of Israel. They're not going to listen to you. But if, if I had sent you to a strange people, to a foreign place, to a place where they didn't know you, where they spoke another language, a hard language for you to speak, they would surely, undoubtedly, they'd have listened to you. Ain't that the way it is? Yes, sir. I can see it so clearly now. <laughs> I'd rather preach to dopeheads and drunks on the street than to people in church who won't listen and turn up their nose and always are going to instruct you and how everything is. They will listen. And that's what's important. The, har the publicans and the harlots will enter into the kingdom of heaven before you. That's what Jesus told them. Jesus was right. Why? Because they listened. And they regarded the Word as it was from God. Instead of, oh, you're just another man. You're just, you're just Mike. You're just Bob. You're just somebody else. But that's the day we live in. And it's, and it's enforced much more so by the way everybody's dressed down now to where everybody's, everything's common and unclean. The pulpit. They don't even have a pulpit. They have a microphone. And the wires all around their heads. And, you know, walking around a stage like that. Giving their motivational talks without a Bible. And if they do say anything about a Bible, it's not the Bible. It's some perversion. Yes, sir. It's not the Word of God. That is not the Word of God. And that's, where, that's not where you're going to get fed either. This good old boy. Surely had I sent thee to them, they would have hearkened unto thee. But the house of Israel will not hearken unto thee, for they will not hearken unto me. God speaking. They're not going to listen to you because they won't listen to me. For all the house of Israel. That's what people do. 
You know, they get so much knowledge and then they toss the Bible aside and they've, they've got it. I got this thing. Well, they do like they do with instructions on a, on a new TV or something. I've got it figured out. The Mexicans that time, remember what they said that time? They couldn't read English on nothing and they, there was a microwave there and, and they was over there just beep, 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 beep. And he said, somebody said, you know what you're doing? He said, no, I just push buttons till something happens till it comes on. And that's the way people live their Christian lives too. They start out maybe with a little bit of the Bible but just enough to know Jesus loves me and, and God so loved the world. And then from there on they just figure it out according to their feelings and their preferences and what so-and-so says and how the world's going and what's popular and acceptable with the world without considering what's acceptable unto God. They won't listen to me because they won't they won't listen to you because they won't listen to me. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. Behold, I have made thy face strong against their faces, and thy forehead strong against their foreheads. As an adamant harder than flint have I made thy forehead. <laughs> I've thought about that quite a bit, you know, your forehead. I wonder why he says it that way. There's a reason. Fear not, fear them not, neither be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. I've had people sitting, sitting back there going, you know, when I'd say something preaching. Not here, I mean in another place. I've had them do that. Had a mock, and laugh, and snicker. <laughs> All that does is just fuel the fire. Breaks your heart's what it does. John chapter 8 and verse 47 49. He that is of God, Jesus said, heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because you're not of God. Boy, Jesus had a way. Like we said a few weeks ago, you know, never man spake like this man. He had more than a way with words. He was the Word. And he could say so much with so little. He's facing this bunch of Pharisees and hypocrites here. And he said, then answered, then it says, then answered the Jews and said to him. Now, you know, they didn't they're not reasoning or anything now. Listen to this. And said unto him, say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil. Now what a Boy, isn't that intellectual? Isn't that high and lofty? Doesn't that put on display their uh, their knowledge and perception of everything real well? No, they're just base, lewd fellows is what they are. Say we not well thou art a Samaritan. That's like calling somebody a racial slang now. That's what they, that's what they lowered themselves to. Because he said that to them. If you're of God, you'll hear God's words. You don't hear them because you're not of God. Same thing God told Ezekiel back there. They won't listen to me. They won't listen to you because they won't listen to me. Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my Father, and ye do dishonor me. That's how he answered them, you know. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. Boy, there's a lot more there in John chapter 8. But that's what he said. I'm trying to tell you the truth and trying to help you and that's what you do to me. That's the way you treat me. That's what you think of me. 
You can't hear God because all you see, you think you're just seeing me. A man, son of Joseph, a carpenter. We're living in a time like it was then when there was no reverence or respect except toward the legalistic, by the letter of the law, Pharisee religion. No one ever changes anything about their life because of what they hear at church. Been a long time since I've seen that. Now, I have seen that. I'm old enough till I can remember people repenting in church and quitting their sin. Changing. Giving up their hatefulness. I've known people that were mean as the devil and were tame as a lamb the rest of their life because of what happened in church. Because they listened to the preaching and they took it as it was the Word of God to them. No one... No one's looking for reproof, rebuke, or instruction. Ain't nobody looking to be instructed. Ain't nobody looking to be corrected. There's nobody looking for help except money or some other way. They're just looking to be... Uh, they, 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 they're looking for affirmation of what they've already believed and practiced in their life. That's why they come to church. That's why they go to different churches often. They're looking for some for approval. For affirmation that you're right, you're right. They're wrong, you're right. That's what people are doing. Yes, it is. Everywhere. God is... If they get the affirmation, they're temporarily happy and content. But if they get the other, they're ready to bail. God's not in He's not in any of all that. It's carnal... It's ungodly, and it has the smell of unregenerate, unconverted, deceived soul all over it. Amen. That's what I believe. And I'll tell you what else. I, I, I've, I'm in good company. Because I've read old preachers through the centuries, and they all, at the end of their lives, they come to that conclusion. Even men like Billy Graham come to the conclusion that there are... There's just almost nobody really saved. The, the percentage, they put it way down there. They didn't say nobody. They, but they didn't say 90%. They didn't say when the rapture happens, boy, I mean, this world's coming to a crashing halt because everybody, millions and millions. No, they come to the conclusion that nah. he that heareth God's he that knoweth God, he that is of God, heareth God's words. You therefore hear them not, for you are not of God. What was you reading me this morning there about uh, Raven Hill? Was it Raven Hill? Said that he said he quit asking people if they were saved because everybody's saved. Who's not saved? Everybody's saved. And this is years ago. He said he started asking people, does Christ live in you? He'd look them straight in the eye and say, does Christ live in you? Because he said uh, he, uh, he gave a Bible to an Asian Chinaman and, the, and he read it. And, when, and he went back to him and asked him, he said, what is the thing that stood out most, most remarkably to you after reading the Bible? And he was expecting him to say something like the resurrection or something like that. He's, the man said, 
does your God really live in you? Do you have a God that lives in you? And people in churches can't get it. It's religion. And it's the way we do things. And Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17. <clears throat> this is a verse you can twist it any way you want to. You can try to apply it some other way. But it's in there and it's as plain as day. And this is what it says. Obey them that have the rule over you. Now you can't obey until you hear. Isn't that the first thing about the Word of God? Not Be ye not hearers only, but doers of the Word. How can you obey if you don't hear? If you don't listen, you can't obey. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. Submit yourselves to what? To them? No, to the Word they preach. The Word of God that they preach to you. Submit to God. And submit yourselves for they watch for your souls. Yes. What are they doing there? Are they there as the CEO of the company to keep everything afloat and to make sure the finances stay in the, in the black? No, they're there to watch for your souls. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. As they that must give account. Anybody want the job? Anybody feel qualified? Anybody feel like, you know, you ought to be doing this somewhere? You're going to give account. See, most men don't, they don't realize that. They don't face that fact. They don't believe it. They don't preach with that in mind that they're going to give account. I've told the story so many times. The nurse in the church that told me years ago about people dying and she said, and I won't tell the whole story, but she said, I've seen a lot of preachers die. And she said, you want to know what they say when they're dying? And they're not ready. They're crying for forgiveness for not telling the people what they knew to be the truth. Now a woman I know told me that. was her experience as being a nurse for years and watching people die. Preachers. It's common for them to do that as they're dying. To beg for mercy because they held back. Because they didn't want to hurt feelings. Because they tried to keep peace. And they was afraid somebody would leave. And they just... There's a payday someday for everybody and everything. As they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable to you. If you've got two dogs, if you've got two horses or mules, or if you've got two children, which one is favored? If you've got them and one of them is contrary and ornery and he is a trouble to you every time that you go to deal with him and the other one is obedient and gentle and compliant and a blessing... Which one is going to be favoring? Do it. I mean, 
Obey them and have the rule over you. As they that watch over your soul, they must give account. And do it so that he can do it with joy and not with grief. What does it cause you? What does the other one cause you? Grief! Just exactly what he's talking about. Matthew 13, verse 17. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see. This is Jesus talking. And have not seen them. And to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. Put yourself there. Think of Jesus saying that to that crowd. Think of Him knowing what He knew. And them so blind and unknowing what was going on. They missed it because, well, He's just the carpenter's son. He's from here. He's a Galilean. He's from Nazareth. He was born here. We know. They thought. Call him a Samaritan. They didn't know who he was. They thought they knew, but they didn't. Did you ever know anybody like that? Come out surprised at who they were and you didn't know? The men of Nineveh, Matthew 12, verse 41. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. Ninevites. Ninevites repented at Jonas' preaching. And, and behold, a greater than Jonas here. The queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Who is he referring to? Himself. Nah, he's just the carpenter's son. You know, he was born illegitimate. You know that, don't you? He's born of fornication and all that. That's what they believed about him. So they wouldn't listen. They used that for an excuse to ignore the words of a man who never man spake like this man. The words of a man that had never been heard on this earth. And that's what he's saying. If, you know, the men of Nineveh is going to rise up against this generation. Because if they had heard this, they repented at Jonah's preaching. Solomon, greater than Solomon's here. I warn you today that it's your responsibility to listen to the preaching of the Word of God and to listen for God to speak to you through it. I don't care if it's me or if it's somebody else preaching. You better realize that that is the venue that God uses to speak to you and to help you. and to pro That's why He gave some apostles, some pastors, some evangelists in the church for the perfecting of the saints till we all come to the stature, the measure, the stature, the fullness of Christ to the perfect man. That's what this is about. It's to help us. Yes, sir. We turn it off. You lose. You're doomed. Your life's going to be a wreck. I've watched people here turn it off months ago. Don't haven't heard no preaching. They may sit right there and not hear it. 
right. They're not listening. Every time they're gone before long. Yep. The I've sat and watched it through the years. Sit there and sleep, sit there and play the phone, sit there and talk, sit there and look at their knees or look at the ceiling or sleep. Ain't long they're gone. They ain't hearing nothing. Right. Except from the world. They're hearing plenty from the world. I or any other preacher that stands and preaches to you is just a minister of the Word of God. And what you get through the preaching is not from me. You need to understand that. But from God. That's why I said to you that I could sit in a liberal church and God could still help me and speak to my heart and feed my soul. Because I've done it. Had to. Because it's not that man particularly. It's what comes through him. If God could use a donkey to talk to a prophet and you won't listen to somebody who lives a godly life and prays and, and tries to help you with the word of God. The preaching is to give you an opportunity to hear from God. And if all you see is the preacher, you're going to miss God. And that spells disaster for your life. Yes, and that's, that's all I'm done. But I'm just telling you, this is the truth. Maybe some other preacher will benefit from this. Somebody out there listening. It's this thing, you know, that there is about strangers or somebody that's afar off. People listen. I've listened to preachers preach on tapes for years and then get to meet them and it's like there's this yeah it's like a celebrity sort of feeling thing you know you get to meet them and see them face to face somehow through that other medium where you can't see them physically you make something out of them you don't see their humanity they're just that voice it is so true I've seen it like, you know, remember the kids we went, this family, another state, listened to us for years and their kids grew up listening and they never had seen me since they'd been real little so they didn't know me and and when they saw me I I could see it on their faces. They were just like, it was like his look, uh, Elvis Presley fan looking at Elvis, you know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just telling you that's just, that's the way it is. And when you sit and look at somebody and you get familiar with them, you just start ignoring them. <laughs> Better not do it. Better not do it. This is a God thing. It's not me. When I'm gone, somebody else will be doing it still. Somebody did it before me. Thank God. Let me tell you something. The men that ordained me to preach, they refused to ordain me first. Think about that. I wasn't strict enough for them. The first time. <laughs> I guarantee you, they never thought that, it, that I'd be the one preaching this today. 
Every one of them except one or two that signed my ordination certificate backtracked on everything they held me to to ordain me. They did! Yes, sir, they did. I'll vouch for that. And then when they'd see me in town or somewhere, they would not look me in the eye. I'm telling you the truth. I'm the bad guy now. I was the bad guy then. I'm the bad guy now. <laughs> well, you can judge a man better by who his enemies are than you can by who his friends are. Just think on that a while. Got to quit. Father, pray you'd bless this to our hearts and minds. May it do some good somewhere. Burden of my soul. says, burning fire in my bones. There's so much need. There's so much wrong everywhere. <clears throat> and here's the answer. If we take this little bit that we hear and apply it in our lives, if we'd submit, just submit, instead of resist, and what could you do? What could you do with us? Lord, help us. Pray with this church would stand and be faithful and that you'd use us for your glory and for the souls of the lost that are all around us here. Lord, I pray we'd be a light that doesn't fade and doesn't waver or wobble. I pray you'd help these folks. I pray they'd read and study the Word of God and fill their minds and hearts with it, especially knowing you, Jesus, and watching and seeing and reading and listening to how you dealt with all men while you were here on this earth, and that you're alive and you live in us, and that voice, those words ought to still be ringing out from us. We have more here than Jesus had the last night, and the world was turned upside down. I know you're God and I know you're able and I know that the Lord knows and therefore I trust you and wait upon you. But with us now, I pray you'd watch over us today, bless today, strengthen us, helping us in Jesus' name. Amen.